Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the new Buckswire Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. I'm Ryan O'Leary, joined as I will be each week by Luke Easterling. He's the editor of the Buckswire website. We're going to talk all things Bucks football. I am so fired up for this season. Luke, thanks for joining me on this project, my man. Hey, it's my pleasure, Ryan. Let's do it, man. All right, Luke, uh, Luke, I've got to come clean, man. I've lived in New Hampshire my whole life. I grew up here, went to college here, got a job here, bought a house, got married, all that. And during that span, I've literally seen every snap of Tom Brady's career. So just for full disclosure for you, for anyone out there listening, I do love me some Tommy Brady. I just got to throw that out there. Well, I tell you what, I uh, was born here in the Tampa area. I was raised here in the Tampa area, got married in the Tampa area. I live still here. And we've never had anything anywhere near what is happening right now this offseason. Uh, it's hard to be more relevant nationally than you were when you actually won a Super Bowl. Uh, but it sure feels that way in Tampa right now with Brady, with Gronk. Uh, even you know a head coach like Bruce Arians is as nationally known, as colorful as he can be. Uh, the Bucks haven't won anything in a long time. It's been almost Brady's entire career since this team was this relevant. Uh, so it's an exciting time down here. Yeah, I love that you're in Tampa because... You know, I think Bucks fans right now are experiencing what people in my neck of the woods have for the, like the last two decades, right? It's that anything is possible feeling as you're entering a season, and that's got to be the buzz around Bucks football right now, right? They they must feel like anything could happen. It is, and you know, but it's why I've said all along that even if this doesn't work out in the long run in terms of you know bringing them a Super Bowl or two under Brady, and it just doesn't automatically come together. It's already been a win for this team, this this franchise, the community in so many different ways in terms of just the interest and the buzz that it has generated. Obviously, with you know COVID, you, you couldn't have you know foreseen the impact it wouldn't have been able to have on the ticket sales and those sorts of things. But I mean, merchandise and you know the, before this happened, the ticket sales were through the roof as soon as this happened. I mean, it's just you know when you go from a team that hasn't again been really relevant in almost twenty years, hasn't been to the Super Bowl since 2002 hasn't been to the playoffs in over a decade they haven't won the division since 2007 to be coming off yet another losing season and still somehow be the most talked about team in the league i mean that's a huge win right away before you even step on the field well if brady was pissed about the talent bill belichick had around him near his end in new england he's got to be loving tampa right they went out and got him gronk uh they got him out of retirement and i know you you wrote about this just yesterday Tampa Bay just added another running back to the backfield in Leonard Fournette, who was a top five pick three years ago. So, so Luke, as you wrote, the, the Bucks do love Ronald Jones, and he's the starter, but is Fournette really here for a limited backup role? What do you think about the signing? Well, I mean, this is something I literally just spoke to, to Bruce Arians about moments ago in his press conference. I asked him specifically, you know, you, you've been very clear about the fact that Rojo is your guy. 
this whole offseason, throughout training camp, but yet you went out, you spent a third-round pick on Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. You go out and you sign LaShawn McCoy, you know, just before training camp and continue to add these pieces. And now you go out and you sign Leonard Fournette, who, you know, it, you know, obviously you look at some Shady McCoy and you say, oh, he's, you know, in his, in his 30s, he's been around for a decade. It's a nice veteran presence. He'll play a role. Leonard Fournette's 25 years old. Leonard Fournette was sixth in the NFL last year in total yardage with almost 1,700 total yards for a terrible Jacksonville Jaguars team. This is not somebody you just bring in to find a third down role or to play special teams. This is a guy who is going to have an impact on this offense. And, you know, so I, you know, Bruce responded by telling me that Rojo is still his guy. He's still the starter. It's still his job. You know, and I followed up by asking him, you know, is this just one of those moves where you just can't help but make it because of the talent that Fournette has? And that's basically what it comes down to. He said, he said, you can't have enough good guys on the team. Doesn't matter what position. He's, you know, alluded to the fact that they may just carry an extra running back just for the sake of having a guy like Fournette on the team. Uh, so, you know, Rojo is still the starter in theory. And, and you know, and, and on the depth chart, somebody's got to be listed first and it's probably going to be him. But Leonard Fournette is too talented to not see the ball a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up devolving into a full-on committee approach on every down. Absolutely. i I, I got to say, this has got to be a timeshare at some point. But, I mean, the price tag, I think, isn't it one year, like, $3.5 million or something? It's like a, it's like a ridiculous deal. It's a max deal. of $3.5 million. It's yeah. a $2 million base, and then the, the $3.5 million comes in if he hits all of those incentives. So even if that happens, it's still an extremely cheap deal for a running back that's still got plenty to give. That is wild. Uh, we do have uh, a little fantasy football segment coming up from our guys at the huddle. Later on, we'll have a sports betting segment coming from our guys at the Sportsbook Wire. Uh, Luke, from a fantasy perspective, the first name I thought of when Brady signed with Tampa was Chris Godwin. Uh, and if those two can build a rapport in short order, I think look out. Um, but, but, but beside the big names like Evans, Godwin, even Jones, you know, what do you think about potential Bucks sleepers for fantasy purposes? I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch that that number three wide receiver battle. And I don't even know that I would call it a battle because uh, when we spoke to Bruce again the other day, uh, you know, he was clear that because Justin Watson and Scotty Miller have such differing skill sets, you know, Scotty's a smaller, shiftier, you know, deep speed kind of guy. Watson is bigger, more physical, uh, that over the middle type big slot. You know, they're going to just they won't really have a, a number three wide receiver in one guy. They'll have different spots and different plays, different packages where they need the smaller guy, the faster guy or the bigger, more physical guy. So either of those guys could be a sleeper. I just don't know if they're going to get enough opportunities in terms of being on the field in terms of total snaps and total targets, especially with all those other weapons around them. I think if there really is a sleeper, all, all the talk we've done about Gronk this offseason, don't be surprised if O.J. Howard gets a little more action than maybe a lot of people expect. Because if I were if I were Tampa Bay, again, when they brought in Gronk, everybody thought, well, who are they going to get rid of? They can't keep that many tight ends. They can't keep Cameron Brayton. They can't keep Howard and Gronkowski. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're not trading any of those guys away. They're going to roll with all three of them. And I think – Part of that is that they're going to they're gonna have formations with three tight ends at times, but also it's going to allow them to keep a guy like Gronk, who, again, has been out of football for a year and, you know, had dealt with lots of injuries over the last few years of his career that really caused him to go into that or early retirement. It's a perfect scenario for the Bucks to be able to keep a guy like that on a pitch count, not play him as too many snaps, put him in, in situations, short yardage as a blocker because he's such a fantastic run blocker, and then you know third downs and, and red zone and, and put him in opportunities where he can make plays in key moments and also take attention away from the other weapons in that offense. I feel like O.J. Howard could emerge as a sleeper because I think he will get 
possibly even more snaps than Gronk because he's a guy they're not trying to be careful with, if that makes sense. We are off and running on the Bucks Wire podcast. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football do's and don'ts entering the final drafting weekend of 2020. Players I really like. Kyler Murray, quarterback, Arizona Cardinals. He's going in the sixth round on average as the fifth overall quarterback chosen. You can wait a little bit from the Lamar Jacksons and Patrick Mahomes of the world and still get very similar value. Running back Raheem Mostert had his contract squabble settled in the offseason, and he's ready to rock and roll in one of the best running back systems in football. Invest as an RB2 and consider him a steal if you get him as a third. Brandon Cooks is a well-traveled wide receiver who has shown he can produce immediately everywhere he goes. He heads to the Houston Texans to help replace DeAndre Hopkins as a group of wide receivers trying to come together, catching passes from the hand of Deshaun Watson. Another wide receiver I really like is Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The second-year receiver was able to make some noise as a rookie in 2019 with a hodgepodge of quarterbacks. Big Ben is back on the field, healthy, ready to go. Johnson's going to have a superb year. And tight end Rob Gronkowski. He doesn't come without risk, but he's healthy. He had the year off to get his body right, and he's the only player on this roster we can confidently say Tom Brady trusts explicitly. On the other side of the coin, Arizona Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake is going right around the end of the first round, early second round, and he's making fantasy owners invest a killing off of basically four or five games. There's just way too much risk involved there when you can find a safer player with as much upside a little bit later on. David Johnson is another running back now with the Houston Texans. It's been four seasons since we've seen anything special from him in fantasy football. The loss of Phillip Rivers at quarterback means Terod Taylor's the starter. I have zero confidence in his ability to consistently deliver a ball to Keenan Allen to keep him returning round five investment. For more fantasy football tips and advice, check out thehuddle.com, part of the USA Today Sports. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Tom Brady has such great anticipation Mm -hmm. that he, before the guy snaps his head around, the ball is on his way. So what he's, and the ball's there. He turns around, boom, ball's there. So Skip, for me, I mean, I don't really know what else he's supposed to say, but I watched the tape last year. Mm. I watched the games, not tape. I watched the games last year, and a lot of other people, and it's, you know, for the most part, 85 90% of the scout, scouts and evaluators said Tom Brady has lost velocity on his throws. Mm. I loved what Chris Godwin said, and I believe he is not protecting Brady. He's just speaking the truth. Because the first of the quote is, over the last couple of years, you've heard people on TV, Shannon Sharp, talking about Tom, and they love to talk about how his arm is dying. Yep, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp. Washed up rag arms, Tom Brady. There's a difference between dying yeah. and dead. Oh, okay. okay. So okay. dead. He's okay. There we go. Thank you. Let's go to dead. His <laughs> arm is dead. 
All right, that was Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless arguing over Tom Brady's arm strength on their undisputed show on FS1. Luke, obviously Brady's 43. His whole brand of TB12 is designed around staying in peak condition, defying nature when it comes to age. Obviously, everyone wants to know when Brady's going to, quote, fall off that cliff, right? That's the national media's talking point. Uh, do you see that happening in 2020? What do you think of Brady's you know, health and uh, his arm strength and all that entering the season? I think the bigger concern when it comes to Brady's health would be the the Tampa Bay offensive line. I think that you know they Donovan Smith has been durable and availability has been his best ability over his four or five years in Tampa Bay. But you know inconsistent play has been big with him and at left tackle. When you've got a guy in, in Brady who's not going to be as mobile as James Winston was, that would be my concern. It comes to arm strength, you know I, I've been covering the draft for twenty years, man. I, I the I've seen guys that can throw it through a through a house. I've seen guys that can throw it over a mountain, but that doesn't matter if you don't know how to use that arm strength. So when I talk about arm strength, the same thing when you talk about mobility. Mobility doesn't help if you don't know how to use it effectively. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of using his mobility to effectively negotiate the pocket to create plays outside of what you know when things break down and i don't think anybody would have argued that he falls into the category of michael vick or lamar jackson or russell wilson but you don't have to be that kind of guy to be an effectively mobile quarterback just like you don't have to have jamarcus russell or kyle kyle bowler's arm strength to have a strong enough arm to succeed in the nfl level and especially when you have all the weapons that tom brady is going to have when you have a an experienced head coach everybody talked about this all off season oh bruce arians loves to push the ball down the field he loves to air it out vertically Brady's not going to be a fit for that offense. Yeah, Bruce Arians is also not an idiot. <laughs> and he also knows that he's going to massage this offense and, and customize it to fit the skills of his of his players. And that's something the Bucks have done such a better job of under this regime, and particularly on defense with Todd Bowles. But he knows what Brady does well. He's going to let Brady dictate where they put certain situations, certain routes. It's just much ado about nothing. It makes for a great talking point, but – Brady's arm is plenty strong enough to be effective in any scheme. And again, with all these weapons that he has, he is, the Bucks are not going to live and die by whether or not he can chuck a ball 70 yards at age 43. That has no bearing on whether or not this offense is going to be successful this year. What, Skip Bayless talking about a, a subject that has nothing to do with anything? No way. No, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know... Uh, I don't know who said this, but you know, it's that the, the phone booth quicks with Brady, right? He's got the phone booth, the the phone booth agility, um, and you know, f- knowing from experience, uh, and it's interesting that you brought up the offensive line. Like Brady is going to move subtly in the pocket and throw the ball in like two seconds. And if the play's not there, and if the rush is coming, he's just going to throw it into the ground and just give up the play. So I've seen that for you know the last ten years. Uh, so I hope Tampa's ready because if the offensive line sucks, Brady's just he's just going to throw it away. He's just going to chuck it into the ground, or he's going to dodge it. He's going to do something, and people are going to be like, "What's well, he doing?" Bucks fans are going to be way more happy with that than having it be thrown to the other team instead. <laughs> uh, Jameis did that a little bit last year. Coming up next, we're going to pull up the sports betting app and uh, we're going to throw some futures lines at Luke, see if we can use his expert knowledge to our advantage. We'll be right back on the Bucks Wire podcast. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and here's what you need to know about the season opener between the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. 
The Super Bowl 54 champs are favored by 9.5 points with the over-under set at 54.5. Both numbers have already been bet down since they were first released, along with the 2020 NFL schedule in mid-May. The Texans beat the Chiefs 31-24 in a Week 6 meeting last season. Seven of the Chiefs' 12 wins in 2019 came by at least 10 points. While the Texans lost three games by at least 10 last season, one of those was in Week 17 with QB A.J. McCarron under center. I like the Texans to cover and keep it within nine, tick the under as well on a number inflated by the hype of the season opener and a tantalizing quarterback matchup between Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Seven Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Luke, over-under for Tampa Bay Buccaneers wins in the 2020 regular season. Nine and a half. I think that's a great little number for you to stew over. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I'll take the over on that one. And and even if they don't win this division, I see easily a 10-win team. Probably eleven and five. I'm not quite ready to crown them, uh, you know, NFC South champions. I still think the Saints are the deepest, most experienced, most balanced team in this uh, in this division. I think they take the division. They've taken it three years in a row. So I'm the kind of person that I'll have to see it before I believe it. The Bucks are going to have to knock the Saints off in real life before I'm ready to hand them that crown uh, in the off season. But that doesn't mean that the Bucks can't be an eleven win team go into the playoffs as a wild card team and, and really have a chance to do some damage once they get there. Yeah, and speaking of the Saints, we don't have to we don't have to wait long. Can you believe that next week we can get on here and talk Bucks Saints week one? Like that's just I can't even wrap my head around how it's awesome. It's a beautiful that is. thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's, we made it. It's tremendous. All right, he's Luke Easterling. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the Bucks Wire podcast. We'll see you next week. Hey Luke, I had a great time, man. Hey, it's a blast. Can't wait to keep doing this, man. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.